What is up, guys? Welcome to the first ever Sprob Safe Sports podcast. And I'm so glad you guys decided to join and listen to the show. I'm so excited to start this with you guys. And, you know, I can just stay up front about this. You know, this is this is the L.A. sports town. This is the L.A. podcast. So we got stuff about the Dodgers, the Rams, the L.A. Clippers. Yes, the L.A. Clippers, but... Don't go away. Don't go away. We'll talk about the Lakers too. Like we're gonna be fair on the show. And so we got a lot of stuff to talk about today. We got the play uh, update on the NBA playoffs so far. Talking about hard knocks with the LA Rams and the Chargers. Also talking about the Dodgers so far. Reaching the half point of the season, so we're gonna talk about that too. And a couple other big stories with Tom Harton. Or Tom Brenneman, the play-by-play guy for the Cincinnati Reds. So we're going to get to that soon. And also, at the end, we're going to talk about the college sports season and what COVID-19 has done to impact the season and if there will ever be a season for this year. But here we go. So right now, we're going to talk about the NBA playoffs. And so... So far, I think the NBA has done probably the best, the, be- the best job in making sure and creating a bubble for all the players to be safe and to actually play partially the season and also getting into the playoffs. I think they have been on the forefront of making sure that player safety and safety for the staff and the media members came first. So I think they have done an excellent job on making sure it all runs smoothly and so far for the playoffs it has not disappointed so right now so for Rona right now we have the Lakers and the Blazers the series is two to one Lakers which you know when the Blazers won the first game a lot of people were not high on the Lakers but to be honest I don't think the Lakers have anything to worry about right now they with the Blazers they lost Zach Collins to a season-ending injury, so I do not expect that to help the Blazers any more than possibly just winning that one game. So I expect the Lakers to make it to the second round. And so, when recording the podcast right now, I'm looking at the score for the Nuggets and the Utah series, and with about 13 seconds left, Utah has a four-point lead on Denver. I don't, I don't understand what's going on with Denver, man. The second seed, Jokic, Murray. Well, I kind of have an idea. The U- Denver has probably the best home court advantage being in the Mile High Stadium and all that altitude in the air was probably their best advantage going into the playoffs. And with that, and also the fact that two of their starting starters are not even playing have not played for the playoffs at all yet i think that plays a major factor with guys like gary harris and will barton those are veteran guys that really really could have helped denver right now and it does not look good right now for denver because also we also learned that this during the restart for the season that Michael Porter Jr. and Bull Pole 
Bobo really, really shine during those times. But for me, you know, can you can you really rely on those two young guys to produce in a playoff in playoff games and play consistent consistently? I just didn't believe that they were going to do that. But I did not expect Utah to just run Denver just out of the water right now. So if Utah, if Nuggets don't get their act together, I oh that is a shocking upset to say the least. So it looks, yep, it looks like Utah won. Wow. So the Utah series stands at three to one in the series. That is huge. And then the next one we got the Rockets of Thunder. So I thought this one would be an interesting matchup. Not not just because of the fact that Russell Westbrook is playing Chris Paul as a Rocket and CP3 as a Thunder playing against each other and also with James Harden. Everyone knows that CP3 and Harden have not the greatest relationship ever, but so far, so far, the, the most surprising thing is just like the clip, the the Rockets' defense, because like their small ball lineup has been very effective so far for for the Thunder, and it is going to be very interesting that if if the if the Rockets get to the second round and they face probably will be the Lakers to see how that small ball lineup matches up with the with the Lakers with Anthony Davis, Javale McGee. Even Kyle Kuzma, and also LeBron. You can't get, you can't forget about LeBron. And yeah, so we are gonna go, also go to the Clippers and Mavericks. And so this series means a whole lot to me because you guessed it, Clippers fan. And yeah, this this series has been really incredibly challenging to watch, just because of the fact that. The amount of inconsistent play that I've seen for the Clippers so far has been really, really just disappointing. And you know, I'm not, I'm not all gonna get mad at the Clippers, but I'm gonna say that Luka Doncic is amazing. He is 21 years old and damn near averaging a triple double with scoring over 30 points a game. On a bum ankle and no Porzingis, and you know we I'm, I just witnessed it today with Luka Doncic hitting that step back three against Reggie Jackson to, to win the game for the Mavericks, tying the series two two. So another thing that I want to talk about is Paul George. Now, so far in this playoffs, Paul George has been the a very specific topic in the playoffs so far and that's really because he has been struggling idly during this playoffs because I'm looking at the stats and it is really bad averaging 17 points a game shooting 30% from the field and 24% from three that will not win you games at all because if the Clippers want to get to the playoffs and go past somewhere where they have not gone in franchise history to the Western Conference Finals, Paul George cannot 
average this these many points and also shoot so poorly during the game and it's crazy because during this during uh the restart for the eight games he was shooting it incredibly well he was averaging almost 25 points a game shooting 45 percent from the field and like 48 percent from three that is a massive step down from that to the playoffs right now i don't know i would not think that it's injury he looked so he looks he looked a lot better during the regular season and i just don't know what it is but hey you can get mad at for so long but i think the clippers still have a chance they can still win this series they haven't played their best basketball yet so not too worried about that and so if we can go to the east which has been very interesting with the bucks and magic with the bucks clearly getting the 3-1 series they pretty much are going to move on similar to the lakers where they lost the first game and everyone was freaking out but the bucks are too good to lose to the magic that that's not going to make any sense the the raptors and the nets is a sweep the raptors with a 4-0 sweep which doesn't surprise me they are a very good team a very well balanced team coach of the year breaking news and man they are playing so well and then another we can go to oh yes the celtics and the sixers i really thought this was going to be a very entertaining matchup but it turns out when you lose one of your star players it is very ugly and it's very bad for the sixers i don't know what the future holds for the sixers they have <laughs> the funny thing is that they remind me a lot of the Clippers with Blake Griffin and CP3, DeAndre Jordan. This, there's so much talent on that team, but for some reason they cannot be cohesive enough and be more adept to playing together. But, you know, we'll see what happens with the Celtics. Celtics are great. They are a very well coached team, also with Brad Stevens. You got Jason Tatum. And Brown playing very well. So I think the second round is really going to be an interesting matchup when that is next week. And also we got the Pacers and the Heat. And yeah, I think with the Pacers, I don't think with Victor Oladipo not being healthy or just coming off injury and not having Sabonis and then not having... Bogdanovic, there's they've lost too many pieces to be competitive with Miami. And Miami has played extremely well too, with Jimmy Butler coming back playing well. Goran Dragic just really didn't show much during the regular season, but really has provided some spark for them in the offense for the Heat. And yeah, the second round is gonna look cool. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. So now we're going to go to Hard Knocks. And when this, I remember when the first, I completely forgot that 
the Rams and the Chargers were going to be featured in Hard Knocks just because of what's been happening and a bunch of other stuff. And like, how would you make a show that goes behind the scenes with this franchise during a during a pandemic? But watching the two episodes, it's very clear that they have made the correct precautions and are doing the best they can to make sure that everyone stays healthy and everyone that comes on to the to practice understands the safety precautions and follows them correctly. And it looks like barring anything crazy or anything anything going away, we're probably going to get an NFL season, most likely, regardless. <laughs> and some also some key things that I saw during the two episodes that I watched was a rookie uh, quarterback, Dante Dion, for the Rams. And it just looks like he has been looking for the spotlight the past two episodes, trying to get there, trying to make jokes, trying to be the life of the party, also trying to be friends with the two-time defensive player of the year, Aaron Donald. And I don't think Aaron Donald has mentioned him or even looked at him once. So, so I don't think that's going to be an issue. I don't think that he'll make the team, but he is an interesting personality on the show, to say the least. And also the fact that you really get to see the differences between McVeigh and the Chargers coach, uh, Anthony Lynn. Him in like a, you know, like a cozy apartment complex, barbecuing. And then you look at McVeigh with his wife or fiance in a gated house with a full white kitchen, a pool outside, you know, with his taking his shirt off. So he's really enjoying that LA lifestyle. Because <clears throat> we're going to talk about the Rams teams a little bit. We'll keep breaking down that as we go along throughout the season and throughout the show. And so, you know, the Rams finished with a record 9-7 and seven last year. Almost really a game away from getting into the playoffs last season. Which, <clears throat> to be honest, I don't think... It's too bad, but going off of a Super Bowl, a potential Super Bowl season the year before, you know, there were a lot of expectations for McVeigh and also Jared Goff to take another step. And for the most part, it looked like the whole team like took a backseat and went backwards this season. There were a lot of potential Games that were very winnable for the Rams, but it just didn't work out. And also the defense took a big hit last season. But I think people are also protecting them to not make the playoffs. <clears throat> Despite the fact that they're in like probably one of the most challenging divisions they have in the NFC West with the 
Seahawks, and the 49ers, and even the Cardinals. Like the Cardinals have Kyler Murray, and it's probably going to be a very difficult season to get through that top of that division. But you know, they still have a chance. I think they do. They have solid players coming back. They got the best corner of the game, Jalen Ramsey, who is looking to cash in. And because everyone else keeps talking about it on Hard Knocks, he just kept being asked it. And he kept refusing to say whether or not he was working on one. But I would assume that a superstar cornerback is going to get paid, like one way or the other. So we'll see what happens. I would want them to re-sign him. He's still pretty young. He is one of the best cornerbacks in the game right now. And I expect that to be pretty much a done deal before the season starts. And like a couple other a couple other players that I think have a really good chance of making a big impact this season. You know, with John Johnson also being kind of hurt last season, I think he, I think they really missed him on the defensive end as well. And also, some a player that hasn't played at, didn't play at all last season was uh, Mika Kaiser, a linebacker. Because with Dante Fowler not on the team anymore, I think there is a opening for another linebacker to take his place, and I think. Mika Kaiser could be one of those guys. Yeah, there is there is one guy that stood out the most, and that guy is the wide receiver, uh, Josh Reynolds. <clears throat> and so he... He... He was able to play last season because of injury from another, from uh, Brandon Cooks. But also, Brandon Cooks is not on the team anymore, so they need another wide receiver. And it looks like he... Him... Robert Woods and Cooper Cup look like to be the top three receivers for the Rams this season. I think he has the size, probably not as fast as Brandon Cooks, but I think has still has the speed to help the offense a lot this year. And and also another big thing is that you know Todd Gurley not being there, their superstar running back for the past four years gone so what I what I figured that they're probably going to do is a three running back platoon with their rookie Cam Akers and Malcolm Brown but it feels like the second year running back Daryl Henderson is probably going to get the most touches this season you know he was their prospect uh, last season he played a little bit last year. He looked good from what I saw. So I expect him to get a lot more touches and be probably the most productive player uh, running back on the Rams. Yeah, and so we're going to go to the Dodgers. So the Dodgers have made a huge splash with signing Mookie Betts. And let me tell you, he has 
not disappointed so far. They, she struggled a little bit during the beginning of the season, but he has caught fire the past the past month, and he is leading the team in batting average, slugging percentage, and home runs. He is the real deal. And then also. Another guy who's heating up, who struggled early, is Cody Bellinger, the former MVP of the entire league. He has been struggling, or struggled during the beginning of the season, but has really been getting a lot better so far. But the the one person that still hasn't gotten up to it is Muncie. Muncie has been struggling a lot, and you could kind of tell that he is getting frustrated. But... The good thing about it is he has two MVPs on his team. He has Justin Turner, a perennial all-star on the team. Corey Seager, an all-star rookie of the year. So the regular season is fine. All they need to do is get to the playoffs healthy. Because the playoffs are what really matter, to be honest. But you got to get there. And with a 60-game season... It does not. It does not bode well if you struggle for a little bit because you don't have a lot of time to get back into it. But something that has been surprising for the Dodgers this season is their pitching, especially the young guys. The young guys have really stepped up this season. Guys like Dustin May, Julio Urias, and Walker Buehler, of course. And even Tony Gonsolin, like he, he has provided great spot starts when he's in, which it looks like they're they're doing a six-man starting lineup, which I think is probably beneficial because the season is so short. You're not going to have, you don't want to tax your pitchers during the season, and also the relief pitching has really been. Probably one of the best in the league so far. Guys like Trinian, uh, Ferguson playing, pitching well. McGee. Like all these guys, for the most part, have been really good. Only for a couple, maybe for a couple games, a couple innings here and there. But so far, they have had pretty much the best relief pitching in the league. And that is also important to win games as well. And so, there's a topic that I kind of wanted to get into since we were talking about the Dodgers, talking about baseball, and that was with Tom uh, Brenneman, the Cincinnati Reds commentator who was didn't know he was on a hot mic, and before everything started, used a homophobic slur before the game. And didn't realize, didn't really realize that until probably someone told him and he had to apologize. But the weird thing is that he, his first apology was not to the people he offended. It was to the people of Fox. Instead of 
apologizing to the LGBTQ community, he had to apologize again to state that it was a homophobic slur and he should not have done that. And he also said, to throw into the apology, he said, I'm a Christian, which I don't know what that has to do with being homophobic or that somehow makes you unable to do anything wrong or whatever reason he wants to portray or not. So they suspended him. And, you know, people can say that, oh, it was just a one-time thing. It's not what he meant. But he said what he said. And it was on a hot mic, which means he was doing this when no one was listening. When he thought no one was listening. So you can imagine his thinking when people are listening to him. So that is something. And it's been it's been this battle between this old school of baseball and this new school of baseball. And this also refers to the player uh, Tatis Jr., the shortstop for the Padres. Because, you know, he's not from here. He's from, yeah, the Dominican Republic. So obviously, he's not coming in here with the type of mindset that the MLB has been where it's you have to follow these certain rules or these unwritten rules that nobody knows what they are but everyone knows what they are which I don't know it just makes it just makes the game essentially old like no one wants to see people hit a home run and not celebrate where they're running the bases like that's not exciting to watch, cause I like it. Even though he's on the, even though he's on the Padres, like he's a fun player to watch. He's got that swag, and the fact that he's good, <laughs> that also helps too. And even though if it rubs people the wrong way, I think it's good for baseball. I think that it helps. It helps with. You know the game and also the way that it should be played you should have fun sports is fun baseball is supposed to be fun because it's a grind sometimes during the season during a real regular season with 162 games it's a lot you're playing almost every day it's a six-month schedule but you gotta have fun sometimes <laughs> Especially especially in a sport. In a professional sport, people get paid to play that sport. You should enjoy it. You shouldn't be <clears throat> mad at someone making a good play and celebrating it. That just doesn't make any sense to me. Because it, it does remind me of, of you know, Yasio Puig. Which Vin Scully nicked him the wild horse. And he came into the league in 2014 and really and really like sparked the Dodgers back into the playoffs when they were really not playing well and they brought him up. They brought up a 22-year-old guy to help and help them. And he brought energy. 
but swag. And he brought power. And so I don't... This old thinking, I think, is slowly, slowly going away. But those old school heads, they are, are not letting up. They are not going to let go at all. So before we go with the final topic, we are going to take a quick break. So the last topic I want to talk to you guys about is uh, college football and also just college sports in general. Because during this pandemic, we have seen a lot of people trying to get sports spreading. And I mean, you can do that with professional sports because these are professional athletes. They get paid. There is a way to do this where you could spend the money to make sure that all the players are safe and all your staff is safe. But the interesting thing with college sports has always been this meaning behind amateurism towards these college athletes. And with the season so for so far the the season has been postponed. Like it hasn't been canceled yet, fully canceled. They are still like some some conferences still want to play during the fall, which means that they should be playing in like three weeks, which I don't even see how that's even possible right now, considering the fact that how many how many teams can you theoretically play during a season to have a Final Four? NCAA College Championship, I don't see how that's going to work or anything. And I know there is a lot of money at stake with the NCAA, the billions of dollars in revenue that they get. And I would say the best possible thing that they could do is to postpone. Because then the, the tricky part then is just how do you arrange the schedule with all the other sports? And I know if if it's not basketball or football, those sports aren't making the money for the campus, for the schools. It's the football teams and the basketball teams. Those are the teams that are making money. So those are the, those are the two sports that are been put or being heavily invested in by the schools. And so there is an incentive to play, and I'm pretty I'm pretty sure college athletes do want to play. I don't think that's a question with some of them. It's just I don't see the li- the, the liability, the amount of precautions that you can make to athletes, to college athletes and try to make this successful when already a number of conferences have postponed play. I just don't see how that's going to be feasible at this point. And with it being close to September, I just don't see how any of this is possible right now. We are still in this pandemic. We are still dealing with a lot of struggle in this country. And it just kind of feels wrong to force 
these kids to play a sport where they make no money and the only compensation they would get is film to go to the NFL but not not, not many people players go to the NFL so that's even a smaller percentage of a percentage of players that play college football and also basketball so I think that's gonna do it for the first episode the very first episode of the podcast I'm excited to go on this journey and I'm excited that if you guys chipped in and listened and listened all the way through even though I said in the first part that I am a Clippers fan I hope all you Lakers fans didn't turn it off or unsubscribe or delete it or deleted the podcast already but I appreciate all you guys who listen to it and we will see you next week on the Rob Save Sports Podcast. Thank you.